to america yeah welcome to episode seven of consensus on reality seven yeah episode seven we if you're into numerology we're doing the usa app for episode seven so yeah unpack that. Is that on purpose definitely is that on porpoise yeah speaking of porpoise how about those killer whales lately huh oh my god yeah i was i was kind of thinking we could we could do a short roundup because there's been some a couple weird things Animal attacks. The killer whale thing's cool because, yeah. like, they're just targeting boats and stuff, <laughs> which I'm I'm totally down with. I mean, yeah, I don't like boats either. Go get them. <laughs> um, there was a UFO sighting over New Jersey mm. where a bunch of people stopped on one of the highways up in North Jersey. I can't one of the forties, and um, everybody like pulled over on the side of the highway to take video of this UFO, and it was clearly like a Goodyear blimp. <laughs> The trickster. The trickster. Got him again. <laughs> this is going to be a short roundup. Yeah. <laughs> That's, he's directing the orcas. Are orcas the same thing as killer whales? Yeah. Same animal. Yeah. I just wanted a more pejorative name. <laughs> What's the um, orca, like Jaws movie, but it's about uh, an orca? It might just be called orca. <laughs> it should be just called orca. It should be yeah. called killer whale, to be honest. Yeah. Five out of five. Obviously, we've seen it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> uh, let's, see. let's see what else has been. Ha- well, I guess we could describe the episode a little bit. Um, wait, wait, I do, I do have to. Is um, there another thing? Yeah, no, I have to mention two things. Um, so in last week's episode, we were talking about uh, me and Mike were talking about Jenny Jump, yeah, and the lore of giant cats there, right? And that night, I was driving to go camp there after we were recording. So me and my roommate were driving, and we we left pretty late because it was raining, but we did get there like after the rain to set up our tents and stuff. But we rolled into the the, um, park maybe around like 10 o'clock. I swear to God, I saw like a cougar (laughs) run across the, the road. And like I'm not... You know, I, I go hiking a lot. I go camping a lot. So this wasn't a bobcat, which is would be seen in Jersey. But um, cougar, which is like a mountain lion or whatever, has right. been ex- extinct from New Jersey for at least like 100 years. And people are always saying that they see them and stuff. Well, um, But I, this thing darted across <laughs> the road. It scared the, the crap out of us. I wonder... Yeah, I mean... I channeled it. I mean... I think it was the ghost of a cougar that it attached to you through the podcast. <laughs> I think it was yoked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty wild. I wow. mean, that's that's kind of what we were talking about, though, with the yeah. the, the power of um, sort of the, the conjuration, the panpsychism, when you, like, manifest these things in the world. You right. Know? I'm not trying to get all secret on it, but it was a certainly a weird coincidence. Yeah, well, there's no secrets here. <laughs> yeah, no secrets um, here. Except the secret, I guess. Um, and then the the other weird thing that happened, too, I mean, this is kind yeah. of, we, have, we haven't done, like, a 
random intro chat, but um, my yard here in the great city of Philadelphia was just like completely disheveled for months and just like giant um, polonia weeds growing and stuff like that. Right. So I, I finally got out there. Um, after the opossum was in our kitchen, I, I decided to <laughs> deep weed the backyard and I found this amazing um, hand carved sculpture. Right, yeah, I saw of it. like you an idol. That. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the Brady Bunch episode where they go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. That's what that and now you're like cursed. Yeah, I'll I'll post that on the uh, <laughs> Instagram. It's it's pretty cool. I, I actually posted it in some like Facebook uh found in walls forum oh, and people wow. were losing their minds did they did they have any idea about what it is um some yeah probably i mean <laughs> people were boasting um these sort of like souvenir relic things yeah. that was kind of in similarity but this thing has like beautiful craftsmanship interesting and those like where it was behind some potters has been long disheveled for like 12 years like it was underneath some potters that haven't been <laughs> in use for like over a decade kind of amazing Man, yeah but then everybody in the uh facebook forum was just like repeating the same comments where they were like that's how alice broke her back right <laughs> and then like people would be like it's 2020 put that thing back it's gonna get worse uh, it is 2020 i know now you're and it's your fault now if coronavirus comes back yeah i was gonna just post a picture of me like burning it <laughs> i wouldn't do that actually it's right over there so yeah i don't i know it's listening right? Duh. Oy. All right, so I don't think I have any strange news. Um, well, there's always something going on, but we'll save it for the, <laughs> I don't know, for the Patreon subscribers. Yeah, yeah, uh, somewhere down the road. Yeah. The yoked up cats out at Jenny Jump, though, they are. Yeah, that's They're nuts. there. Yeah, that was some, some crazy shit on the cryptid episode. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe if I ever like went out into the wild, I would see something like that. But they're not coming to me. So, yeah. <laughs> oh well. So today we're uh, talking about uh, the wonderful world of America, the country we both call home. Likely, many of you listeners also live here in this strange and cursed land. Strange and cursed land of destiny. Right. Um, so the book we sort of read in part for this episode, uh, is uh, Manly P. Hall's uh, The Secret Destiny of America, which is uh, excerpted from or contained within uh, The Secret History of America, which was edited and uh, read for the audiobook version by Mitch Horowitz, who is uh, a really interesting uh, editor, writer, and thinker in the sort of American tradition of mysticism. Yeah, and I, I have to say, Mitch did us no favors here because there's so <laughs> like by adding these extra um, treatises or whatever you want to call them in this combined text, um, there's so much more to contextualize. I mean, there's, right, there's some of it's so interesting too, like the totally. stuff about um, the early Pennsylvanian mysticism and Kelpius, yeah. which we'll get into. Yeah, I love that stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially, I don't know how much he really got deep into it, but, the, yeah, the Pennsylvania Dutch, uh, like, magic stuff, mm -hmm. um, which, like, sometimes they would call powwow. Um, yeah. Just, like, the, the sort of... And he, uh, Hall, sort of contextualizes that in the Rosicrucian tradition, which maybe we'll get into as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you ha will have to. Um, right. It's a big part of this story. 
Right. And they, I mean, there's so many interesting trajectories. Um, I think to talk uh, uh, with this book is like a node that kind of just splinters out in so many directions. Right. And I, I really know where to start, but I guess we should just sort of contextualize what it is and when it was written. It's certainly yeah. a checkered text. I mean, right. if you aren't privy of Manly P. Hall and his work and sort of his place, um, some of the language might be a little bit tricky to maneuver in today's world, um, sort of talking about like the race and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, Hall is interesting because, and I didn't really ever get this sense for him from just like reading through the secret history of all ages or whatever, um, secret teachings, sorry. Um, but he really comes off as like kind of like a almost socialist type guy. Um, he, yeah. He's a lot more, I don't know what the word would be, yeah, like left leaning, but he doesn't really, he's, he's almost kind of apolitical. He's just right. sort of like, but he's, he's, yeah, he's not like the kind of, I mean, and yeah, so in this in this edition of the Secret History of America, uh, Mitch Horowitz sort of goes into uh, Hall's relationship with uh, President Reagan a bunch, which is sort of, it's interesting because I was expecting in Hall's sort of political writings for there to be this uh, intensely traditionalist, like, American exceptionalist thing, which which is there, but it's it's in a way that is sort of unexpected. I feel like um, that relationship um, is probably in part a lot to time and place in California, right, Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, right? the, the yeah. inclination to mysticism, and I think um, also Reagan's like predisposition to things like astrology and horoscopes, which totally. him and uh, Nancy were apparently super into. Yeah. I think, yeah, coming from, like, that Hollywood uh, sort of culture, I think a lot of those people were into that. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe not seriously into it, but at least, like, it was part of their lives, right? Yeah. Um, I So that wasn't something I even planned to talk about because I just kind of, like, glossed over that part right. going in. But so the secret destiny of America, I guess, I, I mean, like, probably just going to crawl over myself trying to... Uh, sort of start to define what this text is but so the idea is that the the sort of democratic socialism that was developed in the early colonialism of America was something that was are predestined or predetermined through secret societies in Europe right. for a very long time and what we're going to have to talk about too which I think is really interesting about the secret destiny document alone um, is that it's 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 like kind of um, a huge part of the framework for sort of the new Illuminati conspiracies that you hear. Totally. And the whole idea of the social framework of the New World Order. Right. That um, the sort of libertarian conspiracy theorists are always mentioning. A lot of that comes from this text. And it's not... Yeah. Um, it's to me if you're reading it and you're and you're understanding it it's i mean I, it's not really there but it it gets warped into that place for right, sure right totally i mean yeah it's kind of interesting to think of hall as a uh, some kind of globalist because he is talking a lot about america so, like having a destiny as being some sort of uh city on the hill type thing where it's like uh supposed to be the new model for like the the new Atlantis kind the of new yeah. Francis Bacon's new Atlantis. Right. Um, it, there's a lot of ideas of utopianism. Yep. Um, 
and it's that idea of a golden age of enlightenment. Um, but what is interesting to me is what he mentions a ton is that the settlers came to America to sort of escape economic systems that were burdening them and religious um, persecution that was burdening them. And then all they did was import those systems. And you can sense like right. the frustration that he writes with about this because yeah. there was sort of this idea of, of like um, creating this democratic state. And, and obviously, I mean, we can't even begin to like say what you will about the forefathers and slavery and all that stuff. I mean, like, right. Yeah. I mean, and he doesn't really even touch on that. Um, really. He does have a lot of good stuff to say about, the like really complex, well-designed societies that were already here. Yeah, right. He, does, he doesn't really make the connection between like settlers coming and how those uh, like native populations disappeared. I feel like there's kind of a disconnect there. Yeah, there there seems to be sort of like an esoteric thread that I think he's hinting at. Right. And he, he praises the Mayan civilization especially, and also the. Um, one of the big things that he praises is the Iroquois League, right, League the, of Nations. Yeah, yeah, that's and some of that. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things interesting about Hall is how his history is written. He's like, I think, a pretty solid scholar of history, but some of it just like isn't true. Like every once in a while, there's something in the book that just like based on other knowledge of history. I'm like, wait, but that's like not re like not really. And he just kind of goes, goes with it. I'm really interested as to where, like, I, I wish there was sort of a bibliography of sources. Right, that would be something then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so interesting because one big thing about Hall's writing and this topic, I mean, I know we always say this, but this topic is going to deserve its own episode or bunch of episodes <laughs> yeah. is the idea of, Atlantis being sort of right. an antediluvian world, that there was some advanced society um, before Egypt, before the Phoenicians, yeah. that was destroyed in a cataclysm and then um, came to inhabit parts of the world and right. inspire later civilizations, long before we're talking like 15,000 BC. Right, like a long time ago. Yeah, um, yeah that all, I mean, so that's sort of a, that whole idea of, these like uh, cyclical ages where great nations come and then they fall apart based on whatever sort of inciting like issue they have. That's like a big uh, part of how he understands the history of these places. But yeah, he, he's like many people who write about America is very hesitant to talk about the like unspeakable atrocities of the settlers against the right. the native people. But I know that it's yeah. it's just like it, it demands that if that if that context was right. he does get into it actually a lot. Um, what he talks a lot about is sort of the import of um, the economic systems causing immediate exploitation, right. which is something he explicitly says. Yeah, he's. So, I wonder if he like read Marx. It, like it, it often feels like he's working with like a slightly marxist like framework but then he kind of pulls back he yeah uh, he he mentions russia and he says that he thinks that that sort of the um atrocities of the first revolution could have been avoided if it was a colony as opposed to happening in russia because he talks a lot about the adversity of tradition versus innovation right which is a 
a big part of the secret destiny of America text too. Is, right. is that he talks about obviously the, the the old adage of of America being the ultimate social sociological experiment. Right. You know? I mean, I think we live in such an age where like we're so polarized where like if you're anywhere on the right, you are like obsessed with America as like this like exceptional land. And if you're anywhere on the left, you like are sort of like, I don't know, beating yourself up about like how messed up the whole country is and like all of the like legitimately, legitimately terrible things that it's done. Yeah. But like there's no, I mean, that's why Hall is so like challenging to read right now because there's a lot of nuance here. Right. And he makes a lot of mistakes, I think, but he's also like, obviously incredibly intelligent and so good at uh gathering sources and like trying to figure out where the similarities are yeah it's it's such an interest it was it got me so excited because it's such an interesting to read at this time right because you have to do so much mental navigation where you really have to be an intuitive reader sort of contextualizing everything time and place but right, right. there's a lot of um sort of premonitions of now in this text where he talks know, about the dangers of nationalism yeah that part was kind of uh chilling sort of wasn't right it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely and he talks about um how the date he, he talks about the ultimate evil of city building yeah that that whole part was really interesting yeah i i mean i have issues with that but i also think that a lot of his critiques aren't you know far off they're just like it feels a little bit almost eco-fascist, you know, like back to the land like type stuff. But I don't think that's like what he was going for. But I think that he inadvertently gets into that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's obviously a complicated and troubling subject. Um, but yeah, the whole, yeah, the city, the city is like the inevitable downfall of a society. Yeah. He's like very in favor of nomadic, uh, nomadic peoples and like mm -hmm. agrarian stuff. So yeah, but I wouldn't call him an eco-fascist. I wouldn't call him a fascist at all. He seems like a pretty solidly, like, democratic person. But to me, what he's advocating for, ultimately, is socialism. It is. Right, like, totally. That's what he's he's talking about, a, a cooperative yeah, is, society. Yeah. yeah, I think and those terms change, like, so regularly and so quickly that, like, to call him, like, a democratic socialist in the way we think of it today might not be correct, but... But he mentions... Yeah, but right. He, does, but he mentions it, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like... interesting. He, like, kind of is that, but, like, I don't think he's, like, you know, in, like, the Bernie Sanders, like... No, I mean... That, right, yeah. That's, like, a, a uniquely, like, new American invention... Right. ...which is not even, obviously, like, not even close to what... But, those terms actually mean but. right but it, it is so refreshing to read a like an esotericist who isn't like secretly a fascist right it's like it's it's like i mean except for like people who are writing right now like but like if you look back at like 20th century esotericism it's just <clears> like <throat> everywhere you like step there's like some like some person who collaborated with the nazis and it's just it's so tiring yeah and that's why yeah that's why he's so refreshing because he's kind of like an individualist he in in this text he's dispelling the myth of the pure Aryan race and right, he's talking right. about um, sort of the hypothetical development of this race through being so nomadic and like right. the traversion across um, the Middle East into Europe and from Mongolia and stuff, yep. which is is really interesting because he's just sort of dispelling that myth at in the forties, you know. Right. Yeah, he's a, he's really an interesting thinker, and yeah, it's kind of hard to to place him um i'm not actually sure of his own like involvement 
like in in certain like political or like esoteric orders but i i assume he was to some extent a freemason right oh yeah no he he's right i mean that's yeah. kind of one of the because he talks about it so much yeah no he was un- unapologetically like enthused about being a yeah. high-ranking mason i believe yeah and um, so i wonder i mean was reagan a mason i wonder if that's how they i don't know if he was actually I don't know. I think that has more to do with the um, philosophical research society being out there and having that influence permeating. They still put out really great videos, actually. Um, Yeah. Great lectures. So that's something to check out. Oh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, One of the more interesting things, too, is he he mentions in this text the dramatic breaking up into factions whenever there's like political adversity. I know. And how you have to like we have to temper ourselves politically not to do this and to have like a cooperative government. Right. That, yeah. There's this sense of like, it's really hard work to like make a society work and that like no one has ever done it yet. Yep. It's kind of like the, something that it feels like he's saying, like there's no really great example of this except maybe Atlantis, which had to have been destroyed naturally or something. Right. And which, you know, if it did exist, we, have imposed mythology on it for thousands of years so we don't even really have a picture of it you know right i mean i guess is it like i don't know if he says this but the first mention of it is in plato right Uh, is there an earlier mention of atlantis i mean as such um so on on the side i've been reading uh, ignatius loyola donnelly's atlantis the antediluvian world which is a pretty interesting text and i think there's a lot of um watermarks of it of the idea of it and Atla- i don't even like to say atlantis because there's so much attached to it. i'd rather say right. an antediluvian um right. you know civilization mm-hmm. but there's sort of watermarks of it in the language of mythology where yeah, yeah. things like the ad- instead of adam so adam reaches um oh, genesis yeah. as a very watered down um concept of mythology previous to it where adam is probably Mm. speaking more about a race right the edemic race which could be this sort of antediluvian world and that's something that's mentioned in phoenician texts so it's also Mm. mentioned in early egyptian texts and and indian um the vedas and stuff right yeah i mean and And that's yeah that's been so well written about like the idea that like the genesis story is so similar across cultures yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I I want to apologize because if if our listeners don't really know too much about this one, I don't really think we can give it its fair due. What the the Atlantis book? <laughs> yeah, well, just Atlantis. Oh, old, Atlant- yeah. I mean, maybe we'll get yeah. back into it eventually, but I think it just needs like yeah, it needs its own thing. Yeah, because it's that's one that I'm super interested in with all the the sort of um, the the evidence of water aging on the sphinx which dates it back oh, yeah. like ten thousand years yeah all that yeah the uh sort of alternative archaeological right uh writings from like the early 20th century all that's and graham hancock's stuff oh, yeah graham yeah. hancock he's a big boy of the field mm-hmm. um interesting yeah i mean i don't know so but that is yeah. that is a pre-context for manly p hall stuff totally yeah I, he assumes a certain familiarity with atlantis myths and with at least a little bit of knowledge about freemasonry right and francis bacon's work too obviously who wrote the new atlantis which was the utopian text talking about the birth of this democracy that we 
right. live in now. You know? I guess, I mean, yeah, Manly P. Hall was, he was definitely an independent, like, scholar, but he was also kind of like a classicist. So he does, he assumes a certain amount of, like, knowledge of uh, classical writings mm-hmm. in his writings. So, I mean, and we don't always get that in our in our current education. So he's also a good person to read if you're, like, looking for a sort of a path through everything that you might have missed. For sure. We mentioned the secret uh, teachings of all ages. It's right. just like a great encyclopedia of eso- the Western esoteric tradition and, and right. the history of those symbols. It's definitely just a great thing to have handy. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, like this is still obviously something very checkered. Like there's definitely stuff to have opposition with yeah. in this and, and included in Mitch Horowitz's... Um, I'm sorry, his is called The Secret... The Secret History of America. Secret History of America. Right, which, which and that includes The Secret Destiny of America. So it's like, right. these names are kind of... Everything's secret, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and he has a, a text about... Um, I think it's one of Manly P. Hall's texts about Albert Pike. Right. Who was sort of the, the father... He was said to have taken Freemasonry from a log cabin to a palace. Right. So he's one of the most highly regarded... Um, figures in Freemasonry. This was a general in the Confederate Army. Really um, weird dude. And pretty racist. Oh yeah, ho- I mean, horrible politics. Yeah, um, possibly was like a member in the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the connections between like racist sort of secret organizations and like the ones that espouse more like liberal or whatever like ideals is also like an interesting thread to follow. Yeah. And I think Pike might be like the exemplar of that some some so that was like kind of just a despicable thing to have to read because uh, right and and free and masonry is still something that's so ingrained obviously i mean right beyond even the most rudimentary conspiracy stuff like masonry is just as a handshake club alone is still so prevalent i mean we live here in philadelphia and right it's everywhere yeah it's everywhere it's all i mean and I think fr- Freemasonry is kind of like, it's not like a particularly hateful organization. I mean, and it's so various depending on the lodge, but yeah, I'm not, and I'm not the kind of person who like thinks that they somehow control the world. I think maybe Skull and Bones does <laughs> or whatever they're called, but not free, like Freemasonry I think is too, um, too diverse in terms of like the politics of the individuals. I think it's kind of, it's a unjustly maligned by like conspiracy people yeah it like it, it's whatever i'm sure some of them are like really despicable people who are pulling some strings somewhere but i mean you know yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty pretty broad thing um and yeah. uh i don't know there's definitely some some super interesting symbolism right ingrained in, in masonry and stuff but it's also an amalgamation of like sort of the the western esoteric tradition right a lot of a lot of stuff that would have otherwise been forgotten was saved through Freemasonry. So we have it it to thank for that, at, like at least, you know. Yeah. It's all very checkered, no um, Masonic right. pun intended. The checkered right. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it'd be <laughs> funny if there is an Illuminati and they just like are are like annoyed that they're called the Illuminati. Cause they're like, I would imagine so. We have no affiliation with right. that but, Bavarian. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah um, Adam Weis- Weishaupt or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so what else is most of interest in the, in this book, uh, 
So, so yeah, yeah I, I would love to jump into how the ideas in this text, where he's he's talking a lot about sort of keeping a, a balance between nature and humanity and mm. dispelling the old economics that have troubled Europe, the feudal systems. Right. Um, and he's talking about cooperative governments. He's talking yeah. about um, basically a, a cooperation of resources globally and, and essentially world peace. Um, and so how does this then tumble into the Bill Cooper NWO sort of totally. conspiracy stuff. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I think this is where the there was not like a super tight union between the conspiracy culture and the esoteric culture, mm-hmm. which, I mean, they're kind of almost the same thing now. I mean, not entirely, but like the crossover is huge. Yeah, but it's... it's yeah, the crossover is huge, but just like America, there's just so much disconnect right. between the symbols where you, I don't even know, like the Georgia Guidestones are something that I know we're just jumping around a bunch here, but <laughs> yeah, like, like that. Right. Yeah, those are interesting. That what's written on the Guidestones, the sort of population control and um, the resource control. Right, all that stuff made me think about the relationship to the Manly P. Hall text, mm. and then how that gets transferred into this idea of a template for the New World Order. Right, I mean, I think the the Guidestones thing has been not debunked, but talked about to to the extent that it's not like it's a little mysterious still. Like, didn't didn't they find out like who made them, and it was like not really anyone all that connected. I, I've seen like I can't I really remember yeah. seen like a History Channel thing a long time ago. Maybe, I guess we should do some more research before we start like <laughs> uh, pointing you to go go check out the guidestones. I mean, well, jo- Alex Jones already did that, and right? Yeah, some of his like cronies like went there and graffitied him up, and we're like, right, the globalists. Yeah, Alex oh, Jones. I, we're gonna have to get into him too, maybe a little later. I mean, should we? talk a little bit about how we're trying to situate this this book and Hall's ideas of America in our current political climate. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a long way to go, but we're going to try and get there. Right. So, one, I mean... One cornerstone at right. a time. We're going to... I mean, eventually, I mean, you know, we're going to have to say um, Alex Jones is also a quintessentially American thing, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's... So, yeah, that, I mean, he, oh man, it gets so blurry because his whole spectrum of that sort of libertarian right. conspiracy world of, of, you know, the idea of just like unbarred freedom at right. the expense of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is at the heart of a lot of that sort of conspiracy stuff. It is, yeah. And obviously nationalism. Like right. That, that idea of a national identity. Um, right, yeah. And they would regard this Manly P. Hall text as being part of that Illuminati, that globalist Illuminati. Totally. But yet they still venerate someone like like Reagan, who, I mean, not admittedly, like he never, like, I don't think he ever came out and said he was, like, friends with Hall, but that, I mean, at least in the Horowitz introduction to that book, it's, like, well-established enough that we can assume there was a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe we should... So, I mean, that connection was based on circumstantial like just like anecdotes but also the fact that 
Reagan used the uh, that that myth, that fable uh, from which was you know popularized in oh, Manly P. Yeah. Hall's books. The what is that called? Like the stranger at the the stranger at the signing of the declaration. Right. I mean that's not the title, but right. It's it's this old story that's told about sort of the weary hours of the signing of the declaration, and then. What, they were like thinking of like not doing it or like they, why did that guy come or like they were like having doubts yeah they were having doubts they were they were like disputing and bickering and right. then this sort of um almost you know, like when you read it, it almost seems like a druidic figure right like in a robe and stuff yeah and he makes this like eloquent like speech about like destiny and fate yeah um yeah and i guess i mean again in that in the horowitz introduction he sort of traces the first ever appearance of this back to like not all that long like in the mid 19th century i think like hmm. from like a a like uh compendium of like popular american folklore yeah. so it's like it's this like folk tale that sort of became truth and like ended up being spoken by like one of those you know like a president so it's like it kind of became its own truth yeah the, it's it's a curious relationship between sort of the actual history of like the Baconian New Atlantis and then the manifest destiny of like Teddy Roosevelt's era and jingoism and stuff right, and yeah. that the development of that folklore. Yeah, manifest destiny is another I mean that's like a an an almost esoteric idea that had you know disastrous consequences for right. Rudyard Kipling was like oh, they yeah. they like recited Rudyard Kipling in Congress um, when they right. were trying to decide whether or not to go to the Philippines, I think. Yeah. So, I Crazy. mean, right. These like, yeah, it's not, I mean, you never know how your, how your work is going to be used, I guess. I mean, oh yeah, I think, um, I think you do when you call it the white man's burden. Right. Oh <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, that's, oh man. It's hard to, like, what's the word, like, figure out what the American project is anymore, aside from self-destruction. I know. That's, that's, so that's where we'll try and end up. Right. Um, but I do want to, like, try and get some of the better points out of, um, of the secret destiny, yeah. you know, because I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Yeah. And it's a great book. Yeah. It's, it's. It's, and there's a lot of um, stuff to be positive about and 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 take positively, right? Which is hard to do these days. I it mean, it really is. It was it was a, like a huge challenge trying to be like you know, he actually has a point about like these really idealist things. Yeah, idealism. For because sure. we live in such like sarcastic nihilist like mm -hmm. like especially if you're like anywhere anywhere on the left, like anywhere like not. I mean, I guess in, in like sort of liberals still sort of believe in the promise of America, but or if oh, you're yeah, like, yeah. like even if you're like not really anywhere on the political spectrum, it's just like it's so, I don't know, jaded. Everything's so jaded. Doomer days. It is. Yeah. There's a, like it's uh, a real like death vibe right now. But there, there is like something interesting about these people coming here to escape religious persecution right and and that early um protestant mysticism that was occurring in in pennsylvania totally I, I mean maybe we should talk about the sort of protestant uh roots of this country 
Yeah. And it's I a mean, big thing. when I think of Christianity and mysticism together, I think of Catholicism usually because it's so, uh, there's so much ritual and there's so much like all the saints and everything. Mm-hmm. But really, a lot of the like, the mysticism that like had the most legs, I guess, in terms of early America were these Protestants um, that that came over to escape or whatever it is that they wanted to do. And then, and then there was also sort of the, and obviously these are colonies we're talking about. So the atrocities right, yeah. performed on Native Americans is just like the worst ever. Like it's, it's something horrible yeah. that you have to have in the same, like, like I'm trying to do right now is having the same paragraph as this conversation. Right. I mean, I, yeah, if you I don't, don't overlook right. it, totally. You know? If you don't, I mean, and then there's like tales of the they're, they're, on an individual basis there was coexistence like within certain communities and they even like shared similar Penn, yeah. right they even like shared similar like you know vastly different because one was Christian but like they they had like similar like beliefs about how to live like a, a just life right mm-hmm. and but that was not the norm the norm was yeah, like like not even close unfortunately I mean colonization itself. I feel like, at least when I was in like elementary school, colony was not like a violent word. It was like a, yeah, b- a boring the 13 word. Colonies. It's like it's fine, yeah. like whatever. But like a colony is like you know a place that's been colonized, and colonization is like always a process that involves exploitation, death, and murder. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Everything, everything bad. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just it's hard with that knowledge to to talk about the history of these things but that doesn't mean that these events didn't happen these interesting sort of like religious communities didn't exist right right and and there's still also a virtue to having idealism about democracy and a, and society right you know which is which is there as well yeah it's a uh, and that it's another issue with the, with the hall text that he doesn't real. I don't think he does, and it's, I think it's a virtue of the time that he lived in. He didn't like really give much, yeah, give, give much credence to like the other side of the coin in these in these things. But yeah, but it's interesting too. I mean, he talks a lot about the the failures of change after the um, Great Depression, right? And how like we should have gotten away from this economic system which we imported totally. Which is essentially like old European coinage, which is made into um, just just sort of the oh yeah the the uh, profit theory of, of competitive right competitive profit theory whatever, um, and then you sort of also he talks a lot about how you have a competitive system um, forced against a cooperative theory, mm. and there's just like this um, uh, this collision of these two ideas happening in America. Right. And and until these two things are um until you can reach that cooperative theory by dispelling this old economic system which causes a competitive system, right. That's when America would reach this this idea of its destiny. Right. I mean he's really talking about you need to somehow dismantle capitalism, at least as yeah. as it was known. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know what he would think of the capitalism of today. I mean, he only died in 1990, so I'm sure he had, like, a sense for what was happening. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he was That's friends with Reagan, which is weird. Totally. But, I, I mean, uh, he might have just been a little checked out at that point. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Who does know? What? 
It is. Um, it is interesting that I, I think of him as like a really classic, like, but he died like within, like, not very long of now. It's mm-hmm. just it's interesting how, how like short history is. Yeah. If yeah. You, if you, especially if you, our yeah, history. If you like count it in in lives, it's like not very short at all, or it's not very long at all. Sorry. restrictions on the extent to which capitalism could be exploited at the time Mm. Um, and then I think sort of after that generation goes out the next generation is just the 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 sort of um, monopolizing like giant forces like Hearst and um, JP Morgan Mm. and um, just like these, these vast, like these, these people just gathering, va- accumulating vast resources and wealth, right? And just exploiting the capitalism, yeah. And then, so I, I don't know if the, if the industrial revolution is is more responsible for that than anything else. Probably that's something for sure. I mean, it just wouldn't have been feasible to make that much money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it would. But I mean, with slavery, um, which is a whole other. I mean, and that's something that's interestingly absent from from Hall too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's because that's like a yeah. an integral part of the existence of America. Like right, and he talks about how important equality, like global right. equality, is in the text. But I mean, maybe it was just like I mean, maybe he just like wasn't brave enough to go there, or yeah, or he just like was a blind spot for him, as it was for many old white dudes. Yeah, it's. But I think, like, if we're talking about the spiritual, like, destiny of America, I don't think, like, a, an original sin like that is really... You can't talk about any kind of destiny without talking about that, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, and I wonder if there are any good, like, esoteric histories of this nation that actually take the whole view of the thing. Um, if you listening know of any, I would love to... Yeah, we'd love to hear that. I, I don't. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely. I bet there is. I, there's just so many people. Yeah. That are into this kind of thing. 
but may- maybe it hasn't been written yet. There's certainly inklings of the the um, fallacies of the settlers and the the yeah. generations afterwards. Um, right. In, in the secret destiny. Right. Yeah, I'm not trying to put Hall down just to. No, yeah. I I think he just he mentions these this discontent for these wrongdoings in abstracts right. where you do it does yeah. leave you, especially now in the year 2020. You know, like <laughs> the last year, the way that we think about things, it, it leaves you wanting um, a bit of a uh, elaboration. But that's you're not going to get that here, right? I mean, yeah, I mean the the cynical side of me says like we probably want a little bit of like guilty tears, but I mean, you what, just you want. Know? I think you just want the full right. You want, you want the full story, but yeah. again, that was the cynical side of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, so I, I hope we did a good job of sort of painting what that text is a little bit. It's definitely, I think it's certainly worth a read. Um, if you're, is, yeah. if you're interested in, in the philosophy that guided the founding of this country, um, yeah. whatever this country is at this point, right. I think we're going to bounce that way now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I mean... We're talking a little bit about how sort of the framework mentioned in this text and the and the demo, the idea of democratic socialism and sort of the control of resources and and the sharing of resources globally. Right, right. He, yeah, he like sort of frames it as this very like kind like common sense thing. Yeah, that just like people shouldn't have more than they need, and like that's it. Right. So it's like it's it's very uh, refreshing actually. And that <laughs> that overcoming of global competition. Right. He even interestingly mentions that if America and the Western world doesn't resolve these issues by the end of the century, which he right. was talking about, ended 20 years ago, yeah, he was saying that we were on a collision course for a war with Asia. Right. I remember that and thought, you know, that's like, yeah. It's pretty interesting because whatever the he- heck, whatever, I guess that's, <laughs> that's not even one I have to bleep out, but like whatever the, the geopolitics, geopolitical um trajectory is nowadays and i have no idea what guides that besides acquisition of resources and um to me it's a lot of like posturing you know right but yet it seems like we're definitely on a collision course with china guided by some of the darkest minds in the world right now right and i don't know yeah i don't know what's i mean it could even be like tomorrow where like suddenly like and I don't think that we're like all like I don't think people are paranoid about China the way they were about Russia in like the seventies or eighties or whatever. But I There's. think that the danger is just as real. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit different. Yeah. And I'm not like anti Chinese. I think that like, I I'm not like one of those people who's like obsessed with their human rights crimes or whatever. And I I mean but I do think that there's an interesting tension there right now well, yeah that i mean yeah i don't think we need to get into right yeah, like we're, we're yeah. not I, mean, I think a lot of that is propaganda and totally. we we have our own issues here right. <laughs> with our own human rights stuff, i know so yeah. so that's always it's that, a little would, yeah. would we be to talk about that but i mean the yeah. the uh, <laughs> the the tension is there because whatever ha- i mean geopolitics is something that is just apart from us and our lives and things are always right. ha- wheels are always turning there 
Yeah. And things are always happening there and they're they're predetermined for decades, you know, just like <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah. In my spare time as a sort of a spy watcher, I I have my own thoughts about why all like things happen, but this isn't really a a CIA podcast. This is <laughs> 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 well, we're gonna have to talk about them soon because oh they're. Good. I, who else could possibly, possibly be Scare responsible? Scare the dickens for, out of me. This is gonna be a right. We're, we're doing <laughs> paranormal uh, ghost hunting next door. <laughs> Get the mics out. Yeah, this is like even more dangerous than when we uh, lambasted Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not. I think Disney is. Well, anyway, CIA is some scary. Some it scary is some stuff. scary stuff, but I think that for them, no. Yikes. No press is bad press. I don't think that they really care about us. Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm not that kind of paranoid. Yeah. But... So do we want to... Let's, let's, let's sort of turn the corner now onto yeah. that, that libertarian right-wing conspiracy that morphed into what we now know as Quanon. The Q. <laughs> QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> Quanon. Yeah. Like uh, the Quan. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know about how much you've been following it, but I, I've been following, uh, Q from, from the very beginning. Q, Q sent you? Q sent me with flowers. Yeah. Um, it's a, I mean, I will come out and say that I think it's the stupidest, like lowest common denominator, like just awful conspiracy theory. <laughs> Um, with like, no, there's no nuance. It's just, it's dumb. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, uh, especially corny and it's like, um, interactive LARP, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, I personally, I mean, there's a great, uh, what are they? Media Roots Radio, um, did a really great two-parter about QAnon, like the history of it. That's worth checking out. Um, but I think it might be good today to just focus on what this is in the context of American history. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll probably borrow... There, there's enough podcast. There's so much buzz about Q. There is, and If you want to know what, yeah. like, the history of QAnon, QAnon, <laughs> and where, where it comes from, and sort of the the um, thread that was created on... Was it originally on Reddit? Or it was on 4chan. 4chan, yeah. To 8chan, to 8stupid. I don't know. It's all... <laughs> You know, all those, like, freaking, like... Heck, you said me. <laughs> like, uh, I, I just, I can't deal with it. Like, really, like, you're going to trust something from 4chan? Yeah. It's so, the writing in it is it's just so corny, too. It, like, screams like a big print afternoon, like, murder novel kind of stuff. Is. Where it's, like, this, I mean, the, the yeah. poetry of it, where it right. leads you, and then it's, like, look in the rabbit hole. I do I do think that uh QAnon is an interesting like uh incidence of the logic of like poetry I guess like seeping into the popular culture because it's all about like close reading right like you're yeah. like you're trying to figure out what does Q mean by this like what is by this beautiful sentence right yeah it's that that apophania that sort of it's, pattern recognition yeah. that people just love and it's also I mean, it's tapping into the, and it didn't do this at first. At first, it was like about all about Trump mm -hmm. and like how he's like this savior. But now it's like really a lot about 
the save the children save the children satanic pedophiles the elite are like drinking people's blood right and that's all great for like horror fiction and sci-fi but like and to a certain extent i do think that like metaphorically that's they, so right. that yeah that's the interesting part is that what makes these things so strong is that there's an, the smallest element of truth of course you know yeah. like there is the jeffrey epstein connection there is the black book right like there there is common pedophilia in elites I, I mean, like I think to so. a degree. Yeah. And then there's also sort of the Peter Thiel, like PayPal guy, right. who did, who had a startup where he's like doing transfusions on 18 year olds and injecting them into 60 year olds and being like, this regenerates cells. Right. So I mean, like there, there's an inkling of truth to it, there and, is. and unfortunately, like the truth of it is probably stranger than the fiction because it's right. just like, all right, you're poor, let's hook you up to the bag and get I some know. blood out of you. I, I do think that. Epstein and that whole network is like a it was what they were willing to cut off like like it was a limb that had got bitten so they mm-hmm. sort of were like okay we're done like it's fine it's gone yeah so I think that there's a whole lot more to that story yep, and I think it has sure. more to do with uh intelligence like blackmail ops and like having control over political figures than I do like with I don't think it has to do that much with like Satanism I mean Michael Aquino though like uh, the founder of the the church of temple of set or whatever in a cold mm-hmm. order he you know he's like pretty much a satanist and he's a very elite person and or was i guess he's dead but so like there there are satanists in power there are like real weird sort of dark occultists in power but i don't think that's the secret and i don't think that like everybody's uncle has figured out like the secret of society and is like going to stop like human trafficking which half yeah. the time is about labor and not like sex anyway i mean I, yeah it's that i don't even know how to get into that whole the whole pizzagate thing because there is so much like fucked up human trafficking and, and right. it does have a lot to do with like these pathways that lead up to like scary bigger things and totally ah. <laughs> just like yeah somebody comes in this door <laughs> but i mean then this is live then q happens and you know the 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 media marketing genius behind like the entity of of Trump's like right. air, whoever handles this stuff and and the the Cambridge Analytica thing, right? And the, whoever wrote the Q thing, whether it was Oliver, um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Oliver Stone, <laughs> <laughs> Roger Stone. Oh, Roger. I mean, I think the QAnon thing is several people likely, and yeah. I think there might be aspects of like. Like, I'm not, I mean, I think it's building its own myth at this point. I'm not sure yeah. if it's the same people that started it who are still doing it. There are people who say it might be Bannon, but, and it feels like Bannon. Yeah. He's, he's such a, um, you know, nefarious, intelligent strategist in terms of, like, just like messing with, like, the public's mind. But I don't think it's him. I think that he's actually out, like, of the Trump circle. Like, I don't think that he's yeah. working for Trump anymore. It's um, like, it's like we've, it's that thread that we've had throughout almost every episode though of like creating um this right. hoax and then it becomes this thing in the world with right. its own it, it becomes alive like a golem you're creating this golem totally. of a hoax as, and as soon as it hits the boomers it's like that's like the that's it it's like it's alive and you can't control it anymore they're like the lifeblood of any conspiracy yeah the boomers and to be honest like the holistic like new age people are like suddenly and like the UFO community. I mean, 
we've talked before about what is that like the um oh, the Ca- project camelot stuff yeah like that's like and what was the movie above top secret mm-hmm. or like above above, Magic, talks, above, above top majestic. secret above majestic like that whole thing it's like that is a QAnon movie like it became that yeah like, yeah at first it's not but by the end it is yep and so like they've kind of i mean and i think i think the point of q is to consolidate uh all of the you know potential power of the conspiracy community like behind <sighs> donald trump and, and i think yeah i think any like self-respecting conspiracy theorist or whatever um who is getting tricked into like like standing behind the person in power is like sh- they should know they're being duped i like, know it's or like, they're just making money off of themselves but there's a right. lot of dinguses out there like I know. this, sh- this ding one dingai <laughs> man it's it's pretty wild um and I mean, is it so? I mean, in terms of relating it back to like the the divisions and the strangeness that uh, Hall predicted in the secret, the secret destiny. I mean, this feels like the most uh, both public and also viral conspiracy theory that America has really seen, except maybe like satanic panic stuff. I think this has the most power. Like you, does, you yeah. see people, representatives getting elected to office who are Q right. people, I know. and people are killing for Q. Yeah, I mean maybe not explicitly, but like, and I also think I mean quilling. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. Um, I think. Fuck. What is like? There's like the. What do you call it? The way it taps into. Um, and it's, I mean, this is basically, I'm taking it from that Media Roots uh, episode on it. But I also, like, felt this happening to me even before I heard that episode. Like, this stuff, like, taps into, like, any, like, latent, latent like, mental illness you have. And, like, it, I mean, it's about making you, like, a paranoid, I mean, not schizophrenic, but, like, just, like, it makes you think that everything that you see is about satanic elite pedophilia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, like, just, like... Nothing is about that. Like, that's, yeah. like, never... I mean, it exists, I am pretty certain, but I don't... But it's not the secret of why this country is the way it is. It's so interesting, too, the ability... And, and this is, like, a, the dark genius of it, to take the conspiracy community... And the, the fun thing about the conspiracy community is that there's sort of never an allegiance to anything, where it's wherever who's in power is, like always a part of the conspiracy you know right, yeah. and somehow they wrangled all that they did yeah. and they were like trump is this caped hero and it's beca- a lot of it's because you know again the brilliance of whoever was behind his campaign in 2016 yeah. sort of took the language of somebody like bernie sanders and took mm-hmm. the language of occupy wall street right and they they just used it and, that, yeah, and they, people they turned it into like a bought it right i mean i'm a little skeptical of calling trump's like thing like white supremacy because i think that's something that's a little more like it's populist nationalism but it is nationalism yeah you know so it's like they yeah they took they took a sort of populism and it it has the the white supremacy under its wing regardless it does they i mean they support him so yeah that's all you need to know but i mean it's it's just like they like wait what (laughs) (laughs) I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, we, we got zapped on that one. <laughs> uh, we can't talk about that. Q sent me. They, like, are, like, trying to, like, 
corral in all these like different types of people because they know that they like can't i mean i don't i don't know like is there like a huge secret base of like the population that loves trump and is afraid to say it i like i'm skeptical of that i think they're trying everything that they can to like uh like build their own bloating bloating (laughs) fuck what i voting blocks voting (laughs) (laughs) bloating blocks man what like what drives me insane, I wish I could just see in, and maybe we will, um, but just I'm just so curious as, like, the origin of these things, how they really generated, like, yeah. and it's, even with the Pizzagate stuff, like, was that sort of a Russian interference leaking the emails that, and, right. then, and then highlighting that stuff? I think that was, like, strategically nudged every mm-hmm. once in a while based on, like, these honestly very fishy emails, but, like... For sure. Yeah. I think it was like like people no doubt about that. Right. The yeah. the who's the Blackwater guy, the Eric Prince or whatever, he yeah. like was sort of supporting this and several other of the like the like alt right or like pre alt right people like around twenty sixteen. Like they were all kind of like nudging the Pizzagate thing. And it like it latched on to the minds of everyone that I know in the conspiracy thing. Like mm. it was huge. It was really huge. big. And yeah. The, and there would be no QAnon without that. Like nope. basically, QAnon is the evolution of Pizzagate. Yeah, uh, in the, but in, in then the there's also there, like you know? the the <laughs> true anon, obviously, which right. is like the the real, and which is a pretty pretty good telling of like the real. Why? Right, who's, who's to say the real? Who's but to like, say? Yeah, right. But they're. I think that they're at least moderately trustworthy, and they seem like nice people. Or, you know, yeah. insane. No and trying to, like, differentiate, like, the actual conspiracy and contextualize right. the actual conspiracies and separate the fantasy. Right. And that's why, like, and they're, like, obviously way on the left. Um, and so there is, like, a solid, and this is a phenomenon I'm seeing, like, a lot lately of, like, people on the left, on, like, what you, what they call, the, like, the dirtbag left, if you remember that whole thing. Mm-hmm like getting very into like CIA like spy stuff and like right um the like neurotic part of me is like okay like welcome but the <laughs> the other part is like it's really interesting that like there's this new like renewed interest in this and and even like rehashing the JFK conspiracy totally. stuff which is super interesting it's always been interesting to me right and I'm I'm glad that people are like acquainting themselves with the fact that there's no, there's like no truth to like the conventional narrative of like at least the second half of the 20th century in America. Oh, the, oh my God. So yeah, that's something I also wanted to talk about just real quick, spin it all the way back to the Manly PL yeah. is that there's the conventional narrative of how this country was even founded is, right. is not like accurate. Like oh, yeah. Col- Columbus, yeah, Columbus was was already privy of where he was going because there was right. knowledge of that in secret societies. That's why he sailed over here with the Templar flags. Right. And the <laughs> only reason he said he was trying to go to the West Indies was to get funding from right. all these yeah, aristocrats yeah, yeah. who were not in the know. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I remember that part of the book. Do, do you think? I mean, that seems like I I believe true. that. And and one of the interesting things too is all the transmigration that occurred. Transmigration. Where he he's talking about transmigration just <laughs> i guess just migration yeah migration <laughs> transmigration of timothy archer yeah um yeah migration of like um travelers from japan coming to california right 
Um, and China having a presence here. China having a presence. And also the um, Vikings and yeah, the Templars. Where are the Vikings? They're like, that's that whole Oak Island thing kind of, Oak right? Oak Island. Like, I think Nova they have Scotia. like graves in um, like New Hampshire, or New Hampshire, um, right. Massachusetts yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they're like all, there's all kinds of like Templar stuff here. That's like a big sub culture in like the conspiracy world of like finding Templar sites in America. Yeah, and th- and that's a huge part of the sort of antediluvian theories right. too. Is all of this like there was so much more migration happening in the uh, ant- antiquities and stuff that yeah. is <laughs> talked about or is and I don't understand why that 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 stuff isn't explored more like. Right. Because I remember going to school and the only thing we learned about how even um, Native Americans came to be in this country is that they came on the Bering Strait. Right. I remember that. Through, and that's the whole Clovis First theory. Right. And that, not to go down a wormhole too, too quick, but the Clovis First thing has been disproven by sites in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Right. Which are like 40,000 years old and had like sort of sophisticated tools totally one of them being like the meadowcroft rock shelter which is near mm. pittsburgh so the whole clovis first thing isn't even true so we don't there's like the mound cities in the in the right on the continent that we live in and the great serpent mound we don't know crap about our history totally in, on this continent um and and manly talks a little bit about that yeah in in the the secret destiny and i guess we gotta spin the ball back uh, to, so um, speaking the, of manly, yeah, to manly, to manly libertarian, <laughs> yeah. manly Alex Jones, <laughs> uh, just screaming about silver or whatever he's, you know, I mean, he's a, I mean, there would be no like, what's like, there would be no conspiracy culture without Alex Jones. So everybody kind of owes him a a debt for that, but he's obviously gone completely. You know, I, I mean, and he used to be so almost like respectably staunch in his libertarian views. Right. I remember I went to Rutgers University and um, in a sociology class, the professor was showing Terror Storm, which is an Alex Jones film. Right. He used to make those like VHSs and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Anti-Iraq, like Iraq war truther stuff and Afghanistan truther stuff. And he was kind of like, um, I want to say legitimate but like at least lucid right there were yeah there was yeah. a bit more virtue to what he was talking about back then and, and then i think he became a megalomaniac and obviously right, right. made a crap ton of money off of people's ignorance right and and i think that there is like a contradiction at the heart of like the libertarian thing especially when like the current right in america is like more or less like autocratic yeah like and very willing to like let loose like you know unidentified cops like which is exactly what he was like afraid of like, yeah like you know the presence of like the army in our streets right exactly and, and that's something that he's like probably i even i don't listen to the guy but i'm sure he's like right. talking about supporting that stuff now no he, yeah he thinks like all the protests are like funded by george soros and like blm mm-hmm. is like funded but like and, like, I just don't understand why it's so hard for these people to accept that, like, people are legitimately angry and are protesting because they're mad. Well, the, I think that that's the interesting thing here is the heart of this conspiracy. That, and now I can, I, can, I can fulfill my own secret destiny here by <laughs> creating a web between Manly P. Hall and 
the QAnon and Jones, yeah. I think the, the whole conspiracy is maintaining the status of our economic system. And that's what libertarianism serves to protect. Right. A total free market capitalism, um, exploitation, take advantage of other people. Yeah. If you have generational wealth, you're good to go. Right. And, and these, these um, fictional conspiracies get manufactured to maintain this, this economic system and totally. faith in that economic system. And liberty, the idea of liberty gets tied to it. Freedoms get tied to it. It does, yeah. And a national identity gets tied to it. And then right. crazy people who don't have money and need health care latch on to somebody like Trump and it makes you want to just take your head <laughs> and, and what? <laughs> do something really cool. <laughs> take your head and put it over there. Yeah. Um, take your head and put a dash to it and make a little cue. <laughs> I, I mean, and I think oil actually has a lot to do with the libertarian link to like neoconservative and like ultra capitalist people. Like I think that we underestimate the power that the oil like the, you know, international oil companies have. Oh, oh my God, yeah. No, the, like, the influence of, of right. those industries, even plastics. And, I mean, everything's plastic. Yeah. And I, I mean, we tried to move away from it with, like, you know, paper straws, which suck. <laughs> that's just, I mean, I kind of like how they melt. <laughs> just kidding. That stuff is, yeah. I mean, but, I mean... It's so far gone, you know. Right. So, and, and of course, that ties it all into climate change and, like, how, you know, this country is actually going to physically change. I mean, is. Right. We have, like, this smoggy sky here all the way across the country. Yeah, I mean, the coasts, like, vast portions of the coast are going to be submerged in 50 years. And everything else will be on fire. <laughs> so maybe there is an NWO agenda here, and it's just, we're just right. a little too... I don't too know. And then, of course, that takes you right to, like, the breakaway society stuff, which... That is legitimate. I mean, to me... I think that's real. I mean... there's You don't even need to go too far into conspiracy stuff to believe that super right. rich people are are breaking away in certain ways. Um, I, mean, I don't think they're on Mars. I don't think that there's, like, time... No, they're breaking time away on Earth. Armies. Yeah. yeah. Well, who is that? Cody Good or what? Corey Good, the, the above majestic, like, insider. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's, like there's time traveling cryostasis on Mars, like with like human slavery and like building these giant cities mm-hmm. that, like for the elite to escape to. I think that they're probably just like going to go to like Kanye, Kanye West farm or like <laughs> New Zealand. Well, there, yeah. Or there's like, <laughs> there's definitely like vast, um, bunker systems and stuff like that. But even if it's not right. even resorting to that, something like that, you also have advances in healthcare that, only the super elites have access to right. um, things like Google's Calico, which is like, we're stopping <laughs> aging. Right. Like I hate that stuff. Yeah, there are these resources that only the super elites have access to. Totally. And they, they are creating a breakaway civilization, even if it's just an abstract. Right, totally. And, I mean, that's the end goal of at least this American kind of capitalism. Some would argue all capitalism, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think as we like, as we move into these late days, <laughs> um, long in the tooth, <laughs> I, I, I really don't, like, I really don't, I, I wish I didn't live like here. I, I mean, I love it here. It's like a the land. I, I always love to say the land is great. The country right. sucks. Yeah. It's, I love the land. It's like, so, uh, I just, I don't know. 
and it's changing so quickly and like like for, even like i feel bad for like my parents who like you know grew up in a very different place and now like they have to like i mean being younger than that generation like i feel like we have some like ability to like take things as they come and we're not as entrenched yeah but like these like everyone's like so confused all the time or and if they're not confused they're like latching on to like you know these like very comforting paranoid delusions in order to like make life make sense i mean you you have to think you have to hope in one breath that sort of the um reaping here of our own history and the interrogation of the systems that have been developed in this country right now um especially with all the protests and things yeah you have to hope that this interrogation something can come out of it and that sort of voice of the the white supremacy and and that that is like a last gasp i mean and it is represented in media far larger than it is i don't really know if that's true i'm not sure but i mean mean, that's something that you would if you're trying to find an inkling of hope right you know you you, that's a positive that i i think you would lean towards i don't i don't really know if i could say that though i mean i don't see any kind of revolution happening in america at least not for a long time uh we're so cozy like right I mean, when and it's all so said big, and done, it's a huge country, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, the the vastness of it. I can see it breaking up, like yeah, not necessarily like tomorrow, but like I can see countries, or you know, well, I guess they become countries. I can see states seceding, but it's like it's really a tough bind we're in, especially like I know the coronavirus is affecting the whole world or whatever in like pretty intense ways, but I do feel like it's it's affecting America in a way that is exacerbating the like the insanity of the population. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just so, it's so hard to like, even as someone who like believes in the reality of like a virus that is a pandemic now, it's like so hard to adhere to the rules because the dissonance from like our, our like culture is so intense. Like it's like, there's no, there's no unanimous idea of like like what's good and what like just i don't know the whole communications system is like at war with itself yeah i mean a lot of it is just the problem of media media is just so sure. easily manipulated it's it's an easy out to say that but i mean like i mean no it's it's true there's no mobilization because like it just reaches a stopgap within our the limitations of our media there's a, yeah, there's a like a lack of, I mean, we don't really have a central government anymore. We have a federal government, but it's not, I feel like there's no one there. I don't like really think Trump is like a president. Yeah, I, he I spends more time in New Jersey than he does at the <laughs> White House. And that's, that's sick, but like, yeah. but also go home, like <laughs> go back to your house. Uh, that's not, his home's New York City, man. <laughs> go back to Queens. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, Go back to Queens, dude. Is that who? I don't know. What, mm, that's like more Boston. Boston. <laughs> Just keep doing Boston accents on this show. It's hard. Yeah. It, Boston is so hard to get out of. Q sent me, dude. <laughs> it's Q, kid. Yeah, it's Q, kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, wicked. Wicked. Um, I don't know. The the QAnon thing is like, it, it's well trod at this point, especially by like skeptics of it. But that doesn't change the fact that it's, like, 
even though it's like a dead horse, it's still, uh, it's still increasing more and more. Like it's growing, even though like it might like not really be super active anymore. I don't even know what's, no, I think it's pretty active. Uh, I, I haven't looked at like what I think Q has posted lately. I th- well, yeah, no, the the mythology isn't active, probably, but the I mean, I think that Q Egregore is that's been created, right? That's active. That's what active. I mean. Yeah, yeah, the people are active, and that's and it, yeah, it's taken on a life of its own, and people are like so obsessed with. Uh, I mean, it's just the same. Like, I don't know why this is in America, but like, the like sex panic thing is like so. It's like always right, like on the other side of the door, mm-hmm. like, so like anything to nudge in that direction it's like we're immediately like accusing every republic or like you know every whatever side of the spectrum of being like the most heinous thing you can possibly think of it's well, like i think it's because it's we've we've realized culturally that it's a uh, such a destructive thing to have on your name so like each side in the bickering right. is just like this is how you you completely ruin somebody Right. It has a lot to, I mean, for me, it reminds me of like in like OCD, the idea of like intrusive thoughts where like there'll be different culture to culture depending on what the worst possible thing is. Yeah. So like. Right. Smarter minds than us could could break down the. In like America, of course, it's going to be like, like, you know, yeah, like pedophilia, but like, or like incest, like horrible, like these horrible things. And so that, of course, is like what the collective is going to accuse its enemies of. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, you know, we can't sit here all night and psychoanalyze Q because it's too, it's it's so obvious. Right. But maybe that's why it's so popular too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. The, the, the leading with the sort of like live action game aspect of it where Warp. it's like there's something down the road. I don't know what's more interesting if Biden gets elected and then seeing what happens to the Q crowd. I mean, right. I don't know what it morphs into if that happens, but even more interesting could be not that I want this to happen, obviously, but if Trump got elected again, um, I think that we would be in a lot of trouble if he got elected again. Yeah. No, they no, would no. be so justified. I mean, no, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. But let's see. So if he gets elected again and none of these, quote unquote like subpoenas and all that stuff that they've been talking about none right. of that happens it's there's, not going there's to no happen. persecution yeah. or even of like somebody like Ghislaine Maxwell you know there's because Trump got on stage and he's like I just want to wish my friend well right I want to <laughs> say I hope she's doing well right and, like, then, yeah. and then they come like to his defense and be like actually Trump kicked Jeffrey out of his house what these people are I'm like they're like obviously like still buddies like yeah even like he probably like talks to him through a Ouija board Dude, that that video of him, like when when asked about Ghislaine when she first got um, put into custody or whatever, <laughs> right, was right. amazing. He's like, I, I wish her well. He's like incapable of. He's weird because like he lies all the time, but he's like also incapable of lying in like another way. Yeah, he's he's like such a. She was always she was good to me. Yeah, I wish her well. <laughs> he's just like he can't do anything for like political points, except he does everything for political. It's just like he's such a freaking confusing, weird person to have. At the head of the country, because it's like no one's there. Yeah, but he owns the libs. <laughs> I guess he does. I don't. I mean, it's almost yeah. It's useless getting mad at him at this point. Will your traditions die for you, or will you die for your traditions? That's what he said. Wait, who said that, Manly? Yeah, that's in the Manly P. Hall. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, 
That's legit. Yeah. I guess it depends on the tradition, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really fascinating time to read uh, Manly P. Hall's writings it on America. Very, definitely. It is super interesting, too, like um, how he talks about, you know, why did they import all the crafts and the architecture of Europe? I understand that's what you knew, but if you, like, right. came here to create this new society, and I guess that there is sort of some of the architecture in DC, in Philadelphia and D.C. Is, is more emblematic of, like, I guess it's like Roman architecture and Gre- Greco-Roman and stuff. The, the whole Freemasonic influence is like really, they kind of played that up. I mean, part of me is like, why didn't you just like, like emigrate here and try to adapt to like the culture that already existed? But the answer, right. of course, is they weren't, I mean, at least to a certain extent, after a, right, after a certain point, they like weren't coming here for freedom. They were coming here to colonize. For Exploit. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. A lot of it falls apart for me in that, in that way, but there's still a total like seed of truth to all of this. That, yeah, the yeah. the idealism that's written right, in it's here real, yeah. is 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 interesting and it's real. I think it's worth. Um, it's definitely w- something worth absorbing for sure. Right, and I mean at this point in like well into hell, <laughs> well into hell, well into hell. I mean, in in the twenty first century, is that, is that like a song? <laughs> it's a, one of those American tunes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Um, we're like like we're here for the long haul. Like this is the country that is. I mean, so like we have to like figure out what it is still. And I think that a lot of people are trying to defend like this idea of the patriot and like the nationalist. But I don't think that's I don't think that has anything to do with, like, the original intentions of the country. No, that's so interesting, too, is that whole, like, the new patriotism right. is is not understanding at all of this idealism that was, right. like, the the good part about, you know, at, that you can extract from all of this. Right, you know? yeah. It's, like, it's just, and it's not even, like, interesting nationalism that's, like, about anything real. Like, American nationalism is, like, Almost like devoid of like anything. I think about that a lot. I think like like hamburgers, right? Like, like what? Well, I think it's difficult for a lot of people to, especially who don't have any um, any like relationship with like immigrant grandparents and stuff like that, right? Um, and and who only have like a a cultural memory of like Americanism, yeah. Um, and I think it's difficult for them when there's so much conflict in the history of America that you have to incorporate in that identity and they don't want to do it because it's, it's so deeply ingrained in a part of their being. Right. And it's hard to, I mean, if we're, if we're going to young it up, it's like, it's hard to integrate the shadow. Yeah. It's like, it's not supposed to be easy. And so people don't do it. Right. And I mean, this is, it's a big, fat, <laughs> hefty shadow that we have. Man, this one, I mean, there, this this could obviously, like, does, do other countries have, like, a, a, a conspiracy community as vast as ours? I think so. I mean, I, maybe not as not the same. Like, ours is, like, very, it's very American. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. But, yeah, there totally is. And there's an international conspiracy, like, community that, like, but I, th- I think, I mean, Italy comes to mind as a place that, like, has its own weird 
sort of conspiracy culture, hmm. as well as like any of the the like children of England will also like. I'm sure Canada has like a pretty sizable one, as well as Australia yeah. and like the UK itself. But I think like <laughs> I think in countries that are both smaller and more like uh, I guess like <laughs> like ethnically like what's the word like um unique no not unique like like a place that like has like a national identity uh, yeah. that's like not like the yeah. melting pot or whatever mm-hmm. um i think they have like a different approach to it where like they always feel like they're under attack mm-hmm. like like from from places that they're definitely not under attack from yeah i, I just think we have like a different grander conspiracy culture here that is like it just feels like the history of our conspiracy culture has so much density to it, you know, that it, right. it's, you, you can't even talk about American history without the history of conspiracy at this point. It's so, totally. and it's probably because so much conspiracy is real. Right. I think you know. a good place to look is the CIA <laughs> yeah. as like, I mean, in my, like, <laughs> in my opinion, they're like, they're like the core of america like they're like the heart of it and like yeah and that the oso socials uh-huh oss oh the oss right like i think that they're like the fact that that exists in such a way and that it has taken so many actions that have like had real consequences i think that activated something in the american mind and they're still i mean i think that QAnon is probably somewhere along the line getting passed through and through a cia hand right for sure yeah i mean the, the, yeah i don't even know I, I can't even get a grasp on that but i mean i think you also yeah. have something like the jfk assassination right like to, that's just the ritual of it yeah it, it's that's an amazing conspiracy like and you know i don't i, I completely believe there, obviously i don't know I don't have to say. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, JFK didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah, JFK didn't kill himself. Put that on a mug. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's complicated, and like like I said earlier, I don't want to like go off on like a like annoying, boring CIA tangent because it's like you know, it's a it's a fringe interest, and I don't know if it should be, but it is, and. I'll say I don't, that, I don't think know. I don't even know if it's that fringe anymore. I feel like it's That's getting true. popularized a lot. It is, yeah. Which is good. I, people should know about it is good, but all that nefarious activity that's going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I don't think there's anything that the public can do right now about that in, that influence. Like, but I mean, then again, no, not then again. <laughs> I think I think uh, we're in a real bind here. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Oh God, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I think wheeling back to the the manly connection again, and I think sort of the the idealism quickly got hijacked by um, just you know monopolizing on on what we would call corporate creed. Now it wasn't even corporations at that point. It was just right. you know these sort of barons of industry, these, early corporations, yeah. kind of right. Yeah, or, or in financial institutions, right? Um, and the uh, obviously the petro industry, and, right? 
I mean, just these these titans just just hijacking the government. And and once these forces accumulate so much wealth and they have the privilege of operating in secrecy themselves, they don't have have to have the accountability of the government. You know, so they they it's so easily easily um, influenced at that point. You know, and now at this point, we just we just call them. Oh yeah, the lobbyists, the lobby. Right. It's like what the what's the lobby? What are you talking about? Like how how does that work? Yeah, it's not it's not a democracy. Yeah, but and that's the public that portion of it. I mean, then you just have like straight up bought politicians and stuff. Right, all kinds of weird like cults and stuff. Like I mean, I don't know if they call themselves cults, but like. Just like all this weird influences going on, like and the mystique of the market. I mean, that's going into some Adam Curtis territory, but it's like, right? You know, now, now more than ever, everything with Corona and stuff, all you hear on the news is the market stabilized, right? We're okay. It's like, what? What are we talking? We're talking about something abstract that we invented here. It's just know? like the temperament of corporations and like their their like various owners. It's like it's just such like meaningless i mean it's not meaningless because it affects real people's lives yeah in like pretty drastic ways but we make it like i don't know yeah it's like, not start, conscious yeah. at least not yet you know like the market <laughs> yeah. doesn't govern us like it no. shouldn't govern us in that way i mean it's just like if you start thinking about money too much you end up going a little bananas because it's like it's so silly yeah but it's so important to like everyone. Yeah. Well, that I mean, any anytime any country tried to get on the gold standard, then we just send <laughs> send in the boys. Yeah. Or if they, you know, try to they try out socialism for a minute. Yeah. Like, we can't have that. Right. <laughs> I don't know who that was. I think that was George Bush Senior. <laughs> yeah. If if you, the whole like man, the whole JFK Bay of Pigs thing. If you guys, um, if you listeners out there don't know too much about that just i don't know there's a lot of writing get in there i mean i don't really know if we need to go over that i don't think so that's kind of but there's some great stuff and it's so interesting man so spooky pigs everywhere it's (laughs) spooky (laughs) hundreds of thousands of pigs in that bay yeah uh that's not what it's about you know they hit they hit the five points of the pentagram shooting jfk on that one just crazy Dallas, that's some 33rd parallel stuff going back to Disney. That's true. That's where it happened. Disney's yeah. weird. What's <laughs> I hate Disney. <laughs> I hate Disney. <laughs> uh, bad movies. Anyway. So do we have anywhere else to go on this for now? I'm not sure. I mean, I think we could talk for a while about all the minutia of QAnon, but like I said earlier, I, th- I think that it's been covered pretty well, and I don't want to, like feed the beast all that much right um i also don't even i mean the what what would we say just explaining it right yeah we're just like talking about you know some of the i mean because there's a lot of like specifics and it's kind of like become its own culture where like there are like warring factions within it mm-hmm. it's like this whole it's an interesting it's an interesting thing but it's also just like definitely like stupid yeah it's pretty goofy and like dangerous but like i think we feed it by like analyzing it as like an important political moment even even though it is it is a super (laughs) important political moment i mean yeah 
and like, yeah, Trump loves it. He says, "Well, as long like as long as they like me, I like them." <laughs> like, did yeah, you see that? Like, right. where like someone asked him, like, "What do you think of QAnon?" And he's like, "Well, I hear they like me a lot." He just has like an amazingly unchanging base. Um, that he could do yeah. no wrong in their eyes. It right. does not matter. And that's what he needs to be the kind of politician he seems like the only kind of politician he seems able to be, which is like uh, an autocrat. Yeah. Um, because he's... Meanwhile, yeah. Social Security will be gone in two I years. And all well, everything. who knows? I mean, I'm not like... I don't think it was one of those like decision points where like if Hillary had been elected, we'd have flying cars or whatever. No, for sure. I think we'd be at war with Russia or something. Yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to dive into the weeds on that one on this episode, right. but I... But I do think we're yeah. in a bad spot with Trump. Like, yeah, uniquely bad. Yeah. Um, there's all stuff with Hillary Clinton, and, and that goes back to the geopolitical conversation of right. pick your poison, who do you want war with, you know? Right. But, Ugh. yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess we had to pick between, like, Russia and China. Exactly. Or <laughs> yeah. I guess, I think... I think yeah. the expediency to which we were heading towards conflict with Russia was a little... Uh, little scary all that posturing in the baltics right and uh what was, was that crimea kiev or, yeah in crimea we were in kiev with the failed coup right oh my yeah you forget so much <sighs> that was some weird weird <laughs> stuff yeah getting pretty heated there I know. um and, and that, so in a weird roundabout way we may have dodged a bullet there and then just gotten we just a million other him. bullets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dodged one bullet and got hit. Welcome by to like, the States, yeah. baby. Right. Yeah. You can't, yeah. Dodging bullets doesn't really count when it's like a machine gun firing at you. Yeah. I think like in, in some other countries, the uh, the sign language for Americans is doing like the cowboy guns. No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, the gun thing. That's another aspect of the QAnon thing, too. Like the armed patriot thing. And, like, all the cops being QAnoners. Not all the cops, but all these cops. Yeah. We got some great national parks here. <laughs> not for not for much longer. Is it the national parks? <laughs> like, half of them are burned to the ground, and the other ones are covered in garbage. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hoagies and hamburgers. <laughs> Uh, most of us don't even call them hoagies. These submarine sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Heroes. Who calls them heroes? Uh, uh, Is that New Jersey at hot all? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Uh, Ten gallon hats. <laughs> we got to cut the mics on this one. I'm just, yeah, they're yeah. coming. Yeah, do that thing with my head I was talking about earlier. Didn't really talk about it, but... Yeah, wait, what, what were we going to do with your head? I don't know. Something with one of those statues in the backyard. Oh. <laughs> All right. We'll be back soon. Uh, yeah, maybe or some, maybe not. I think we'll be back. Who we've knows. got some, some interviews coming up. Uh, if anything, at the, this episode, one of the Q people is showing up at the door. It's like a... They're so tacky, though. I'd just be like, really? American like, flag hat. <laughs> you're here? Yeah. At least change into better clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my last words. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Cargo shorts, really, kid? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we should be having some good interviews coming up soon that yep. we're really excited about. Um, we've been yeah. working on coordinating those remotely, um, however difficultly right. that is going. We we both are working P 
people too. So this podcast is a labor of love. Um, but we do hope to get Josh Cutchin on the show, which I think we can safely right. mention now. Yeah, I think so. That's coming up uh, soon, I hope. I mean, it all depends on everybody's schedule. But and that's I'm pretty a big, sure that'll big be next. Fish. Yeah, he's an awesome, awesome researcher. Hoping to talk about UFOs and a little bit about his Bigfoot book with uh, Timothy Renner. Yeah, and, awesome um, stuff in there. Yeah, great book. Um, actually, what's that? Where the Footprints End, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. We'll get into so, all that. Yeah, so that's sort of, uh, I mean, and we have some other potential people lined up and hopefully have some more, like, weird episodes on historical high strangeness. We'll For see. sure. Yeah. yeah, we got some stuff in the works. Um, should close out this episode with that, like, Fergie national anthem. Just get sued oh, no. by the NBA or something. <laughs> We'll be back soon. Take it easy. See ya. Mama see shouldn't have been back in B. I've got better things to do. Like woman checking out this life. You put me through. We're sweet Dora, alright. Outside window of a car and in a park by stream she took off her jeans and the fish jumped unseen as a girl wheel in the car we fell asleep a necklace hung in the mirror rocking and everything wrong in this world came up in me so I pick up my shoes and got up on my feet wonder who So I walk around the corner Making my phone call Come on out, meet me See you in a little while Don't make it too long Don't make it too long Mary and old man Jimmy, he was so cool With a pound of stolen weed We got sick and circled laughter As a screw in deep It's too much to believe In the quiet one night Jimmy, you found this peace And Mary dressed as the Lord and said Honey, I failed you So I walk around the corner Making my phone call Come on out, meet me See you in a little while Don't make it too long Don't make it too long, my love My love, you know Life's an ugly color 